0: What's up, everybody? Esoteric Eddie here. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to the audio version of Esoteric Eddie TV. I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. Were the twelve apostles of Jesus real? They all died horrible deaths. Philip was crucified. Bartholomew was skinned alive. Peter crucified upside down. John boiled in hot water. James the brother of Jesus stabbed and beheaded. Andrew crucified. Thomas speared. Judas hung himself. Simon sawed in half. Thaddeus crucified. Matthew stabbed. Luke was hung. Mark dragged through the the city streets. What's up, everybody? Esoteric Eddie here. Namaste. Today, I'm going to be briefly speaking on the 12 apostles and the various pieces of evidence for their actual existence. Now, of course, most of the information on them comes from the New Testament, but there are strange extra biblical accounts about the apostles and legends about their missions after Jesus's death. I'm going to just read verbatim this short essay that I put together. Hope everybody's doing good. Kick back, relax, enjoy the show. All right. So we're going to start with Philip here. Now, of course, again, most of the information comes from the New Testament, but, um, With a lot of these apostles, there are extra-biblical apocryphal accounts, you know, Gnostic accounts, so on and so forth. The primary source information about Philip, again, is the New Testament, um, specifically the Acts of the Apostles. But beyond the biblical accounts, early Christian writings and traditions also reference Philip. The 2nd century Christian writer, Irenaeus, in his work Against Heresies, mentioned Philip as one of the apostles who lived into the times of Emperor Trajan. Additionally, Eusebius, a 4th century Christian historian, wrote about Philip's missionary activities, stating that he preached in Phrygia and was eventually martyred in Hierapolis. Excavations in Hierapolis, a city in modern-day Turkey, have uncovered a tomb believed by some to be that of the Apostle Philip. The martyrium, as it's called, gained attention in recent times due to the archaeological excavations led by Francesco Andrea, an Italian archaeologist and the director of the excavation project. Eusebius, a 4th century church historian, mentioned Philip's martyrdom in Hierapolis contributing to the long-standing belief that the site held significance in early Christian history. Critics of the authenticity argue that the site's identification with St. Philip might be based on later Christian traditions rather than concrete historical evidence. Inscriptions found during the excavations may include references to St. Philip, further linking the site to the Apostle. The architectural features and layout of the Martrium reflect elements consistent with early Christian religious practices and pilgrimage sites. The cultural and religious context of the site, as revealed through archaeological analysis, supports the idea that the Matrium was intended for veneration and commemoration of a significant Christian figure. However, the body is no longer in the sepulcher, in the tomb. It is believed that over the centuries it was moved from the tomb and now mysteriously placed in the Church of the Holy Apostles. Among the remarkable artifacts discovered at the site, a 6th century bread stamp has emerged portraying Philip in between the domed martyrium and the other church temple at the site. This coin is more evidenced is more evidence demonstrating the possible veracity of Philip's existence. Outside of the Bible, we find an interesting story about Philip and the Apostle Bartholomew traveling to Asia Minor spreading the gospel. In these stories, although not canonized in the New Testament, um Sorry, These stories, although not canonized in the New Testament, have captivated the imagination of believers for centuries, offering glimpses into the spiritual odysseys of these two revered figures. The apocryphal stories of Philip and Bartholomew find their roots in a variety of ancient texts, such as the Acts of Philip and the Acts of Bartholomew. According to these apocryphal accounts, the Apostles Philip and Bartholomew embarked on extensive journeys through Asia Minor, spreading the Christian message, performing miracles, and confronting various challenges. One prominent episode involves the duo traveling to the city of Hierapolis, where they engage in debates with pagan philosophers and priests, showcasing the clash of religious ideologies in the ancient world. In one episode from the Acts of Philip, the apostle travels to the city of Hierapolis where he encounters a group of people who worship snakes. During his time there, Philip heals the wife of the proconsul of Hierapolis, Nicanora. The proconsul's wife, afflicted with an unspecified... uh, uh, The proconsul's wife afflicted with an unspecified ailment or possession, experiences a miraculous recovery through Philip's intervention. The healing of Niconora enrages the proconsul, who perceives Philip's actions as a threat to his authority and the established religious order. In his anger, the proconsul orders the arrest of Philip, signaling the beginning of the apostle's persecution. According to Eusebius, Philip, after years of of evangelistic work and spreading the Christian message, was martyred in the city of Hierapolis, located in modern-day Turkey. It was there where he was crucified. Yeah, so that's the Apostle Philip. And as we're going to see, there are a lot of these strange vestiges, these, these relics of the apostles, these tombs, these burial sites, and uh, in a lot of cases, bones and limbs. It's pretty creepy and weird. And you'll see that, you know, all around the world, the church is still holding on to these strange relics. And um, it's kind of creepy and strange, but I get it, right? I mean, these were the apostles. Of course, they would want to hold on to this stuff. But um, moving on from Philip. Um, we're going to speak on Bartholomew. Now, Bartholomew is my favorite of the apostles, especially um, his apocryphal book, which is known as the Acts of Bartholomew. There's also there's a confusion between the Acts of Bartholomew, the Questions of Bartholomew, and um, I forgot what the third name is, but I love the apocryphal works of Bartholomew. And I've, I've made a, vi- a video on Bartholomew you can go watch. And I love his story because in the questions of Bartholomew, um, the apostles and Jesus and Mary... Sorry about that. My phone there. Mary, they go on a wild, like, psychedelic ride as uh, Jesus shows them, like, all these secrets of the universe. And in that apocryphal work, it is revealed that, basically, Jesus... Views Bartholomew as the more wise or more significant of the apostles, and throughout the journey, Bartholomew is asking Jesus all these very deep questions, and that's why it's known as the questions of Bartholomew. And the very last question he asks him, which I resonate with, is, um, you know, basically, why doesn't the world know all these secrets? Like, aren't they worthy of knowing these secrets? And Jesus basically turns to Bartholomew and says. No, these secrets are not for everybody. Not everybody can handle it. These secrets are basically only for those who can handle it. And I love that, and I resonate with that, and that's why Bartholomew is my favorite, because uh, I feel the same way. You know, the the truths that we speak on here in this community aren't for everybody to handle. They're for the adepts, those who can handle it, to take it in, process it, and then, uh, you know, express it energetically, artistically to the subconscious of the world so that they can take it in subtly so that it's not overwhelming for them. But anyway, so um, Bartholomew also has some interesting extra biblical stories about him traveling in Asia. The apocryphal stories of Bartholomew's travels in India and Asia originate from texts like the Acts of Bartholomew, A second century Christian work that exists in various versions. Notable episodes include Bartholomew engaging in debates with local philosophers, performing miraculous healings, and ultimately converting many Christians or converting many to the Christian faith. These episodes highlight Bartholomew's divine authority and his ability to confront and overcome supernatural forces. According to the Acts of Bartholomew, as the Apostle traveled through India proclaiming the Christian message, he encountered individuals individuals possessed by evil spirits. Another episode in the Acts of Bartholomew involves the Apostle encountering a temple dedicated to a local deity. Inside the temple, Bartholomew found individuals who had devoted themselves to the worship of this deity. The text suggests that these individuals were under the influence of demonic forces associated with the idolatrous practices. In response to this spiritual challenge, Bartholomew engaged in prayer and invoked the name of Jesus Christ. The text describes how the apostles' prayers disrupted the demonic presence within the temple, causing the idol to crumble and the evil spirits to flee. The inhabitants of the temple witnessing the power of Bartholomew's faith, were subsequently converted to Christianity. According to tradition, St. Bartholomew met a gruesome fate being flayed alive for his efforts in converting pagans to Christianity. Many artists over the centuries have depicted St. Bartholomew with elements of his martyrdom. For example, Michelangelo's fresco, masterpiece in the Sistine Chapel, The Last Judgment, features a dramatic portrayal of St. Bartholomew holding his own flayed skin. The apostle's skin is depicted draped over his arm. Gregory of Tours, a 6th century Gallo-Roman historian and bishop, wrote about the miraculous arrival of St. Bartholomew's body on the shores of Lippery. According to the narrative, the people of Lippery experienced a severe drought, prompting them to seek divine intervention. In response to their prayers, the body of the Apostle Bartholomew miraculously washed ashore. Later, remains of his skin, bones, and skull were transferred around the wider church. His alleged skull is still on display at the Frankfurt Cathedral. Strange stuff, man. Strange stuff. And so, um, yeah, Bartholomew is just a strange story and, and... there's a lot of artists who have depicted him and his skin, or a lot of um, depictions of him will, will show him holding a knife, representing him being skinned alive for Jesus Christ, which is kind of also like a mystical metaphor for shedding the physical body, you know, of sacrificing the physical body for the spiritual. Now, Peter also has some very strange extra-biblical stories and supposed relics belonging to him. An excavation project led by the Kinneret Institute for Galilean Archaeology in Nyack College, focusing on a site in the Galilee region known for its historical and biblical significance, discovered an ancient inscription that unveiled a profound connection to St. Peter. The inscription, etched into stone, served as a dedication to a church that honored the apostle. Some believe this is proof that St. Peter once oversaw the church and thus was a real figure in history. Alongside the inscription, dedicating a church to St. Peter, another was found in 2019. The inscription bears a calling for the intercession of the chief and commander of the heavenly apostles, a title synonymous with Saint Peter. Early church writers like Clement I wrote about Peter, even recording that he had passed away. According to most accounts, Peter died a martyr, being hung upside down by the Romans. Yeah, so there's this inscription there. Um, you know, allegedly claiming that this church there was oversaw by Peter at some point. You know, I find it interesting, right, that, that so many scholars take so much time to investigate the existence of Jesus, yet we have all these apostles, and... Not many people have taken it upon themselves to really investigate whether or not they were real. And more interestingly, and I want to make a video on this, I want to investigate the people that came after the apostles, because although the, the apostles still live in that vague area of legend and myth, but after them came the first church fathers like Poly, uh, Polycarp or Polycar- Polycrates, as he's known. I don't know how to pronounce these damn names but uh he's known as Polycrates or Polycarp wh- who is regarded as one of the first students of the apostles themselves you know he's regarded as a real figure so yeah we have Jesus and then the apostles and then we start to step into the realm of actual history when we have the first actual priest and 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 uh church fathers and writers and then so it's like were these guys the ones who just made it all up no i don't know it's all strange but we have all these, these amazing relics pointing to the alleged existence of the apostles. Now, John, of course, also has a lot of these strange vestiges of his supposed existence. Now, Polycrates, the, bishop's, uh, Polycrates, the bishop of Ephesus, in the late 2nd century, played a significant role in early Christian history. And among his notable contributions was the claim that the tomb of the Apostle John, one of the twelve disciples of Jesus, was located in Ephesus. In a letter to Pope Victor I and the Roman Church, Polycrates defended this belief. Ephesus occupied a crucial place in the early Christian world. The city was mentioned in the New Testament, particularly in the letters of Paul to the Ephesians. This claim gained further prominence in the subsequent centuries, with Ephesus emerging as a focal point of Christian pilgrimage due to its association with John and other apostles. Emperor Justinian, during his reign in the 6th century, sought to honor the legacy of St. John by constructing a grand basilica in Ephesus. The construction, known as the Basilica of St. John, was envisioned as a testament to the Apostles' significance and as a place of pilgrimage for Christian devotees. Despite the efforts to honor St. John through the construction of the Basilica, the exact location of the Apostles' tomb remains elusive. The mystery has only added to the allure of St. John's legacy, prompting continued speculation and scholarly inquiry. John the Apostle, also famous for his eerie prophetic book, the Book of Revelation, is said to have passed away in his old age. Some reports, though, claim that he was thrown into a boiling, into a vat of boiling oil but miraculously survived. Whatever the case, the others... Um, whatever the case, like the others, his physical remnants remain a mystery. Yeah, strange stuff, man. Uh, being thrown in a vat of burning oil, boiling oil. Jeez, that must have been crazy. I mean, talking about freaking, uh, ice baths or whatever. (laughs) Cold plunges, dude. Try a freaking boiling oil plunge. F that, bro but yeah st john is a strange one too you know what i mean like the book of revelation writing that i think in his 70s or late eight definitely went into his seniority just fucking wilding out right there like imagine you know just being in the senior home just the mark of the beast six 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 it's coming like sure grandpa sure let's get you to bed god yeah so we'll keep moving through these evidences um only about half of the apostles have like these very intense extra biblical accounts and vestiges um or remnants of their existence so i'm going to move through all of those more important ones and then towards the end you know we'll kind of fizzle out and ponder on the other ones but uh yeah, to think that these guys were alive at one point would be wild. You know, Jesus is one thing, right? Of course. But the apostles too, like these guys were super interesting, if they were real. But uh, yeah, getting to James. So there's two James, and I didn't really realize this. There's two James. There's And they have different names, right? Each one has has various nicknames. But the more general is James the Greater and James the Lesser. And funny enough, James the Lesser is actually uh, Jesus' brother. And they're only known as the Lesser or Greater, I guess, because of their, their age. But James the Lesser, also known as James the Just, or the Brother of Jesus, also known as James, the son of um, Ephesus, Ephesus, one of those. He's got some interesting stuff as well. So uh, apparently there's like this this sarcophagus belonging to James the Just, the Brother of Jesus known as James's Ossuary. So, the Apostle James's Ossuary, a burial box believed to have contained the skeletal remains of James, the brother of Jesus, has been at the center of contentious historical and archaeological debate. Discovered in a private collection in the hands of antiquities collector Oded Golan, the Ossuary bore an inscription that, if genuine, would directly connect it to James, the brother of Jesus and Joseph, presumably Jesus' father. The alleged inscription in Aramaic on the ossuary, which reads, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus, has fueled intense scrutiny and controversy. Almost immediately, the authenticity of the ossuary and its inscription came under intense scrutiny. In 2002, the Israel Antiquities Authority declared the ossuary authentic, However, a cloud of skepticism quickly gathered as scholars and experts questioned the provenance of the artifact and the consistency of the engraving style with other authentic inscriptions of the time. Two eminent paleographers, Andre Lemaire of the Sorbonne and Ada Yardeni of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, verified that the inscription was authentic. However, other authorities believe that the second half of the inscription, bearing the title Brother of Jesus, is a forgery. In 2004, the Israel Antiquities Authority indicted Oded Golan on charges of forgery, fraud, and deception, alleging that he had produced fake inscriptions on several artifacts, including the James Ossuary. In 2012, After an extended legal battle, Oded Golan was acquitted of the forgery charges related to the James ossuary. The court's decision was based on insufficient evidence to conclusively prove forgery, leaving the authenticity of the inscription in in a legal gray area. The acquittal did not, however, settle the academic debates. Skepticism and uncertainty persist within scholarly circles regarding james's ossuary well are the remains truly that of jesus's brother we may never know and again the ossuary the remains are kept within the church you know it's like it's strange that we aren't really like told about all these remnants or they're not i mean obviously within the church world they're a huge deal but you would think that they would be a much larger deal to the wider world. You know, if they're real, I mean, if these are the real artifacts and, and remains of these guys like that would add a whole level of credibility to this whole New Testament thing and Jesus being the son of God thing, right? But it's strange that they're not really like that big of a deal. Like even in the church whenever told about these things i never heard about any of this stuff growing up in the church maybe it's because they're not real you know i don't know but uh carrying on we've got james the greater um who's a strange character and um in the gospels the james the greater is often identified as one of the sons of thunder along with his brother John, a title suggesting their passionate and fervent nature. Sons of Thunder, I never heard about that. I gotta look into that, that's kind of weird, like, what the heck, were they a secret sect of Zeus worshippers or something? I don't know. James, along with Peter and John, formed an inner circle of disciples witnessing significant events, such as the Transfiguration. Yeah, and this idea that there was an inner circle within the apostles is strange, and I've heard that before. There's, there has to be there has to be some esoteric secret line belonging to the inner circle of the apostles, and maybe that's what the Knights Templar was, and that's a whole other thing too. Because the Knights Templar, right, they went out to go not just expand the Christian empire, but to go reclaim uh Christian artifacts like maybe some of these these things right i think i did mention that in this, somewhere in this essay but it, it is alleged that these guys went out there to go reclaim a lot of these artifacts and reclaim these bodies and keep them hidden somewhere for some weird reason um so legend has it that James the Greater preached in Spain but was later beheaded in Judea being the first to be martyred among the apostles As the legend goes, St. James faced martyrdom in Jerusalem around 44 AD at the hands of King Herod Agrippa. Following his death, his disciples are believed to have taken his body back to Spain, fulfilling his wish to be buried in the land where he had preached. Queen Lupia, a Celtic ruler in northwest Spain, moved by divine inspiration, ordered the construction of a stone chapel to house the apostles relics the chapel eventually evolved into the grand cathedral of santiago de compostela many believe that his body may be resting there to this day it's like why do is it many believe like is it there or is it not Right, and i found through this research that there are various churches throughout the centuries who have claimed to have the real relics of certain apostles like yo this is the real skull of james the greater and then this other one over there would be like no no this is the skull of james the greater when all along like they're both just like random skulls of some random medieval guy who's just like i'm not james i'm alfred you know like it's pretty important stuff maybe we should like you know verify this like Whose skull is this? For real. Uh, Okay, moving on. We got Andrew. Now, of course, Andrew played a big role later on with like Andrew's cross and all that stuff, which I believe is more revered in the Eastern Orthodoxy. But the, the church of St. Andrew in Patras, Greece, holds a unique place in Christian tradition as the purported final resting place of relics belonging to the Apostle Andrew. Among these relics are said to be a part of his finger and a portion of his skull. Like, who who finds this, right? Like, why, why just the finger? And how? It's like... I found the finger of Andrew. It's got to be the finger of Andrew. Look. It matches the description. Like, where's the rest of it, bro? What'd you do with the rest of it? It's almost like they ate the rest of it or did a weird ritual with the rest of it and were only allowed to keep the finger. You know, the reptilians were like, we're going to eat the entire body of St. Andrew, but you can have this finger if you'd like. Weird, man. Um. Yeah, so the the, the precise details of how St. Andrew's relics reached Patras are steeped in legend. One version of the story suggests that St. Andrew's remains were brought to Patras by St. Regulus, 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 a 4th century bishop. So it was Regulus, it was him, he's the guy who uh, discarded the other body and sold it to the reptilians. Another tradition credits the Byzantine Emperor Constantine the Great with with transporting the relics to Patras in the 4th century. Yeah, so again, it's like we have these myths and legends of Jesus and the apostles, but then we have these, re- these very r- real historical figures like St. Regulus and Constantine who are claiming to have found these relics. It's like, I want to investigate these guys further. Be like, bro, what kind of shit were you on where you were like, Claiming to have found the finger of St. Andrew? Sure, buddy. All right, carrying on. We have another one of my favorites, and of course one of the favorites of the esoteric community, St. Thomas. The legend surrounding St. Thomas's travels in India gained prominence through apocryphal texts, including the Acts of Thomas and the Gospel of Thomas. These writings, though not included in the canonical New Testament, contributed significantly to the formation of the Saint Thomas Christian tradition in India. Yeah, Saint Thomas is pretty heady, you know. His apocryphal works are very mystical and um as we'll learn a little bit, his there's legends claiming that he traveled in India and he set um the foundation for for Christian tradition in India which still exists today. Yeah, Thomas has like a very mystical eastern vibe. Uh, yeah so traveled in india and according to these legends saint thomas arrived in the ancient port city of Muziris, now identified with modern day patanam in kerala around 52 a.d to this day there are strange remnants of thomasine christians the syrian christians of kerala also known as st thomas christians represent a unique and ancient christian community in india rooted in traditions tracing back to the apostolic era their identity is intimately connected to the arrival and teachings of st thomas he is said to have preached the gospel performed miracles and established a christian community there the Acts of Thomas narrates incidents such as the conversion of a local king and queen, the construction of a church, and Thomas's eventual martyrdom. The legends of St. Thomas's travels have permeated the cultural fabric of Malabar, influencing art, literature, and local customs. Pilgrimage sites associated with St. Thomas, such as the St. Thomas Mount in Chennai, in the St. Thomas Syro Malabar Church in Palayur, attract believers seeking spiritual connection with the Apostle. Legend has it he was murdered by local priests of Kali. According to these traditions, St. Thomas was martyred in Mylapore Maya- near present day Chennai, and his mortal remains were buried at the St. Tom Basilica. The basilica houses a crypt believed to contain the tomb of St. Thomas. According to tradition, in the 13th century, the relics were transferred from Mailapur to Edessa, modern-day Urfa in Turkey, and later to Ortona, Italy, where they are allegedly now held. This tradition is associated with the arrival of the crusaders in the Holy Land and their efforts to safeguard Christian relics. In Ortona, the relics are venerated in the Cathedral of St. Thomas the Apostle. The the cathedral houses a precious reliquary said to contain a fragment, again, of the Apostle's finger... (laughs) Like, what's up up with this, man? What's up with this finger worship? I don't know. There's got to be something weird and occultic to this, yo. To my occult uh friends out there who study the occult and rituals what's up with this finger thing man is there like a weird ritual having to do with fingers i feel like it's like this like exodia thing you know did it for anybody out there who knows Oh or whatever you know what i'm talking about i grew up as a Oh kid i liked Oh when i was like in elementary nerd alert but um for those of you who don't know there was like this like master god or whatever name exodia and they sold like his body parts separately so you had to get like the left hand of exodia the right hand of exodia and all these five different body parts to make up the entirety of exodia so you can play with him and so when i was reading all this research i was like it's kind of creepy it reminds me of that i'm like what if it's not the the limbs of the apostles but what if these are all existing limbs of jesus and they don't want us to know that. And it's like, they're keeping them separate. So it's like, what if we went around the world and we collected all these fingers and we like got the entire hand of Jesus? You know, like some kind of uh, infinity stones, right? Like the infinity fingers of Jesus. And then we could like sew together like a glove or something. And we'll have the hand of Jesus and we can wield the powers of Christ on earth. Yeah, bro! No, no. Creepy stuff, bro. But I love the traditions of Bartholomew and and Thomas having to do with India and Asia. Like, it's this awesome blend of Western and Eastern uh, esotericism. It's awesome. All right, so getting to the last apostle who has significant um, relics, we're going to cover Saint Simon. So, St. Simon, often referred to as Simon the Zealot, was chosen by Jesus to be one of the apostles. But there is little information about his life even within the canonical Gospels. The relics associated with St. Simon are traditionally believed to be preserved in various locations, and claims regarding their authenticity have been passed down through centuries. One notable location is the Vatican, where relics of many saints, including St. Simon, are housed, of course, in the creepy Vatican. The Basilica of St. Peter in the Vatican contains an altar dedicated to St. Simon and St. Jude Thaddeus. Additionally, the Cathedral of Toulouse in France claims to possess relics of St. Simon. These relics were reputedly brought to Toulouse in the 6th century and are enshrined in a chapel dedicated to the Apostle in Rome. The tradition holds that the relics of St. Simon were brought to the city by St. Helena, the mother of Emperor Constantine, during her pilgrimage to the Holy Land in the 4th century. These relics were then enshrined in the Basilica of St. Peter becoming part of the rich tapestry of relics within the Christian tradition. The death of St. Simon, also known as Simon the Zealot, is traditionally described as martyrdom involving him being sawn in half. This account has its roots in various medieval hagiographical texts, including the Golden Legend, written by Jacobus de Voragine in the 3rd century, 13th century. According to the tradition, Saint Simon and his fellow apostle Saint June Thaddeus were sent on a mission to Persia to preach the gospel. Yeah, so gnarly, man, being sawn in half. Jeez, bro, like just crucify me at that point, you know. But uh yeah, again, so there's these rare, strange relics of Saint Simon out there. In the vatican or whatever um but it's just weird dude like are they real you know like it'd be cool if they just did like a tour right if they just toured all of this just just put them all just line them all up hey come on down come to the apostle carnival we got the finger of saint andrew here or the school of saint john there look it's the foot of simon or whatever like that would be pretty awesome, you know what I mean? Like just do a huge tour, just tour all the apostles' relics, all their strange tombs, fingers, or whatever that'd be a hit. I feel like that would sell for sure um, wow, man, and so that's pretty much the major the majority of the uh existing relics in apocryphal texts. The rest of them aren't that compelling and Dude, it was weird because like, I, was, I was doing research on this and I was like, who really are the 12 apostles? Because there's also kind of confusion there. So apparently Luke, Mark, and Matthew aren't apostles. They were later added, you know, as disciples. I never knew that. So Mark, Luke, and Matthew aren't original apostles. It was all these guys. It was Philip, Bartholomew, Peter, John, James, the lesser, Andrew, Thomas, Judas, Simon, Um, Jude slash Thaddeus, James the Greater, uh, that's 12, right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11. Who's the 12th? Oh, I guess Matthew, and Matthew was an apostle. But Luke and Mark, Luke and Mark were not apostles. They were later added as disciples. But uh, finishing this off, as for the rest of the apostles and later added disciples, there isn't much remaining of their bodily remains nor are there any significant pieces of evidence for their existence. Judas Iscariot, of course, hung himself, with his remains lost to time. His place of death is known as Hakeldama, field of blood where a monastery now resides. Oh yeah, let's just put a freaking monastery over the place where this guy who betrayed our Lord and Savior hung himself. That's not strange and occultic at all. Uh, Thaddeus was crucified. Thaddeus the Baddeus. Oh, right. Thaddeus the Baddeus. The Gladius. Anyways, yeah, he was he was crucified, of course. Most of them were crucified, and actually most of them were crucified upside down. To their um, request. They they thought they were not worthy enough to be crucified up like their Lord and Savior, who came to um do right by the world, right? They Christ was crucified up to signify his mission to come and correct the world, and these apostles were crucified down to signify their flawed sinnery. And Luke Luke was hung, uh, Mark was dragged around the city streets until he died. And Matthew was killed in Ethiopia. You know, I feel like this is one of those, like, the ending of a movie, you know? Those movies where it's like, it shows what happened to the, to the characters. Like, yeah, and Thaddeus went on to preach in Persia or whatever and was crucified. Luke went on to go preach over here and was hung. Mark, Mark, well, we last heard about Mark being dragged around in the city streets after trying to preach love and peace. And as for Matthew... Well, Matthew was last seen in in Ethiopia preaching the gospel until he was stabbed for being too annoying to the Ethiopians. But uh, Thaddeus' remains are said to be placed at St. Peter's Basilica, where a lot of these guys are said to be currently held. Luke's body, though, has been argued to be held by different monasteries over the centuries. The real skull as they claim, is purported to reside in the temple in Thebes, over in Greece. So there's this weird history about two supposed bodies of Luke. There, There is a story where there were two different churches who claimed to have uh, Luke's body. But it turned out, after this weird, you know, battle one of them had, only one of them had, of course only one of them had him, but after debates and and verification one of them, it was found that one of them was lying and did not have the actual body. The other one did. And so, um yeah, and there's also this strange thing known as Luke's tomb. So there was this tomb that was found that was supposedly Luke's tomb and all this strangeness um Matthew's body, though, is purported to lie in the crypt beneath the Cathedral of Salerno, Italy. Creepy. It seems as if the many vague remnants of the apostles scattered around the world ver- are scattered around the world in various sacred church buildings. Are their true remains being hidden from the public? Are we being shown fake limbs and skeletal remains so that the religious fervor can be manipulated? Were they ever real to begin with? All we have are legends of 12 weary travelers claiming to have met God in the flesh, preaching the message of this God around the known world, dying in most cases horrible deaths. And along with these legends are the strange relics and supposed bodily remains of these divine emissaries. Jesus did once say to them, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. There you have it, folks. I mean, was it real? No. Cut, cut, cut. There you have it, folks. Were these guys ever real? Were their legends of traveling around the world real? And uh, are these strange bodily remains... Actually, theirs. I don't know. I don't know. All we have are these strange claims, these strange legends, and what seem to be remnants of their influence on these strange little towns and cities around the world. Well, you're free to make up your own mind, but uh, that's it. That's all I have for you today, folks. I hope you had a great time. And I hope that if you are ever to be remembered for the great works that you do in this life, it will be represented in much more than just your finger. But if I am ever to be remembered, (laughs) if if I am ever to be survived by anything other than all the great work that I do, please, please let it be the middle finger. Love y'all. Peace. Namaste.